For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of worth. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Sunday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating tonight? There's so much to celebrate if you just take the time to do so. And I am so excited about tonight's show. Uh, this weekend, uh, on Friday night, I had uh, my husband and I, by the way, today is our legal wedding anniversary. Uh, today is the actual anniversary of us legally getting wed in New York. We were one of the first 100 couples to be able to do so in New York. That is very much worth celebrating. Uh, and on Friday night, we went out to celebrate by going to see Linda Clifford, who I had the good fortune of having on this show uh, back in May. Uh, it's on demand uh, on this very channel, so you can go back and look at that. But she was phenomenal, along with Martha Wash and a completely incredible cast uh, and uh, an incredible audience. There was so much love in that room. And it made me think a lot about the word of our day, uh, which is collaboration. And it's all about collaboration. It's the people that we work with. It's not just what I do here uh, each night. Uh, it's what you bring to the table. Uh, I see my wonderful friend, Danielle, here, uh, who is celebrating. And she says it was her grandparents' anniversary, too. So happy anniversary to them. Uh, I also want to give a great big shout out. Uh, I know she's watching right now, and that's uh, Rose Apuzo. Uh, Rose, we know that you are recuperating, and healing light is all around you, and we are celebrating that, and we're going to be uh, on the disco floor uh, sooner rather than later, uh, so that's going to happen. Uh, but tonight, this is a very special show uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, I am very, very fortunate because I get the opportunity of daily associating and collaborating with some amazing people. And one of those amazing people that I get to collaborate with on a daily basis is uh, Tesla Bella. And I'm going to bring her on right now. Uh, Tesla Bella, uh, she's the voice that you hear, the soothing voice that opens every show. Uh, every morning, uh, we have prayer texts that we send to each other. Uh, we send positivity messages to each other every single morning. And that's how we begin our days. Every day we start out on that positive note. We talk about what our word of the day is. Mm -hmm. We send positive messages to each other. And just a few weeks ago, uh, Tess said to me, uh, you have to have my dear friend, Peggy Dillard, on the show. And I immediately reached out to her, and Peggy said yes. Yay. Now, you may remember that a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had Miles Evans on the show, and my dear friend, Kasira McKee, uh, co-hosted that show. And Tess said, I would love to co-host a show. And I said, well, pick one that you would like to co-host. And then she said, well, what about the one with Peggy Dillard? And I said, why not? And here we are tonight. <laughs> and we're going to bring her on in a few moments. But before we do, like I said, there's so many things to celebrate today. Let's start with the word collaboration. 
What does collaboration mean to you, Tess? Um, well, it has a lot of different meanings. And by the way, thank you for that lovely introduction. And uh, I, I also want to say how humbled I am uh, to be here. So thanks for indulging me, okay, and celebrating Peggy. Uh, collaboration. You know what? I think in your dream mind, the mind that, you know, gives you the perfect situation, it is to work with like-minded people and everyone being on the same page, going for the same goal, maybe not with the same ideas, because that's what makes it fun when everybody has different ideas, but the same energy. And that's what I love about creating and collaborating with you, Richard, because the energy level is off the hook. And that's what I love. It's like a roller coaster. You get in, you know the anticipation, you know what you're after, and then boom, you're off. So that's what collaboration means to me. Now, Making something I, wonderful happen. And I don't even like to think of us as a team. I like to think of us as a family. Because oh, we do you. have these same goals and we are working uh, in that direction. Now, today is also National Drive-By Day. Uh, do you have like a favorite drive-by place that you like to go and eat at? Uh, uh, that you and Fred get in the car and just go and munch away? <laughs> yeah, guilty yeah, there's, pleasure? Yeah, there's a, there's a place down here in, um, in sunny Florida. Um, it's called... Oh, it just went right out of my head, but it's a burger place. And uh, it, it's nothing, so being from Jersey, it's nothing ever like this in Jersey, but there was my favorite and it closed and I have to name it. It was in Delray Beach, it was Doc's. Best hot dogs ever. They rivaled, I would say, Rutt's Hut. And I have to, that you know, if you're from Jersey and you know Rutt's Hut, it rivaled Rutt's Hut. But now, oh my gosh, Richard, I can't think of. Oh, steak and shake, is steak that? Shake. Do you have that? Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I don't. Th I, I don't think we do. Okay, steak and shake is. That's the place. That's well, what I want a really down, good we'll burger. Go oh, I would love that. that that'd be great. So we're not going to do a drive-by, but tonight is also tell your favorite joke day. So I do you want to go first or? Oh, sure. You I'll go, go first, and then I'll go first. And then we're in a moment, we're going to bring on our very special okay. guest. Okay. Right? Here's, here's a quick quick joke. So a guy walks into a pet store, and he sees the shopkeeper, and he said, do you have any bees for sale? And the guy goes, yeah. How many do you want? He goes, I'll take 12 bees. Goes in the back, puts the bees in a container, comes out. Guy's counting them. He goes, he gave me 13. Beekeeper goes, don't worry about it. I gave you a freebie. That was my best. Free B. Get it? Oh, come so, on, Richard. I, I love <laughs> I love it. So here's my favorite joke. These two men are walking their dogs in Central Park. Okay. One guy is walking a German Shepherd. The other guy is walking a Chihuahua. And okay. they come upon Tavern on the Green. And the guy with the German Shepherd says to the guy with the Chihuahua, Let's walk into uh, let's walk into Tavern on the Green and have a bite to eat. Well, the okay. guy with the Chihuahua says to the guy with the German Shepherd, "What are we going to do with our dogs?" Well, the guy with the German Shepherd says to the guy with the Chihuahua, "Don't worry about a thing, just follow me." And with that, the guy with the German Shepherd walks into Tavern on the Green and he takes a seat. The maitre d comes over and he says, "I'm sorry, sir, 
but you cannot bring that animal in here. He said, you don't understand, sir. I'm blind and this is my seeing eye dog. The maitre d' said, sir, I'm so sorry. Please have a seat. Anything you want, it's on us. Well, with that, the guy with the chihuahua walks in and the maitre d' comes over and he says, uh, sir, I'm sorry. You cannot bring that animal in here. He says, you don't understand. I'm blind and this is my seeing eye dog. He said, sir, that's a chihuahua. He said, they gave me a chihuahua? <laughs> now that's funny. Okay. That was funny. So like that. with that, tell us about our guest tonight because she happens to be a dear friend of yours. Oh, listen, there isn't enough time to talk about this woman. She's kind. She's elegant. She's a legend. She's Peggy Dillard. And I'm going to say one more thing. We, she and I have something in common because we are both from South Carolina. <laughs> Peggy, you are muted. So you, uh, Peggy, you're muted. Yes. Oh, there you are. So Peggy, first of all, welcome to the show tonight. I am so thrilled. You and I have spoken on the phone only once, but in that one phone call, I got such a feeling of positivity from you. So I'm thrilled that you're here tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. It is such a pleasure to be here with you too, Tess. Thank you so for such a introduction. Peggy, multi-talented, and you look absolutely stunning tonight. Absolutely stunning. Well, thank you. Thank you. Do you mind if I play housekeeper here for just a moment? Sure. Okay, I'm just going to do something here. Oh, there you go. See, you should be in the middle because you, you are should. a very special guest tonight. <laughs> thank you, Richard. So, Look Peggy. Ed. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, Peggy, uh, do you have a favorite joke, by the way? Okay. Red lips. Um my mother, she used to get up early and she'd come out the kitchen and we would be sitting there watching her. She'd have her apron on and she was going to milk the cow because we had a cow and we like fresh buttermilk in the morning with hot corn. So she would always reach into her pocket where she kept a tube of red lipstick. Now, mama wasn't known to wear a lot of makeup, but she knew how to put a little red lipstick on take a little bit and touch her cheeks. And bam, she would be ready. So we would go, why is she always putting on red lipstick? And she turned around and she said, girls, you must remember, the cow does not give milk without a little red lipstick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've got to come back on Friday because it's National Lipstick Day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so... Peggy, those who watch the show know, and first of all, the word collaboration tonight, uh, anyone who comments with that word will win a copy of Mary Witchmas, written by Tesla Bella and Patrell Osbey, who you wrote this together. And mm -hmm. I love this book with these incredible illustrations. I'm just going to open up to a random page here. Uh, let's do this. Here it is. Just Richard. gorgeous, gorgeous. And before you know it, ha Halloween and Christmas will be here. So everyone get your uh, hashtag collaboration in there tonight. So Peggy, um, no one in this business does it alone. What does collaboration mean to you? 
oftentimes when I'm on the set, you know, at the end of the the shoot, you just see me. But you don't see the photographer, the makeup artist, the hairdresser, the assistants. So there is this wonderful team of people around you that help to create an illusion. So I be the vessel. I don't even care if I'm singing. It's the same thing with the conductor, the composer. It's all, you're the vessel. That mm. this, so there's a collaboration there. And oftentimes you don't see all these people. Everyone wants to be the star. They want to be out front. But it's the people behind the scenes that really help us to shine. So that's it. I've been fortunate enough in my life to have some amazing teams working with Condé Nast and Vogue and all these different magazines where I was able to work with some of the best photographers, best makeup artists, best hairdressers. And we became like a fine-tuned car so that they could step in and I didn't have to second guess them. I knew that they had my best interests at heart. And that I can tell you is something that I've carried with me all my life. We could reach back 30, 40 years, oh, tell them my age, but at least know that these people, even on your worst days can come in and go, girl, I got your breasts, let me fuck you up. You know, but <laughs> always, it's always <laughs> You know, it's not just me, because believe me, sometimes I'm falling in there and they're like, girl, the ironing board is in the back. And then I come out the back and they're like, when did you get here? So. That's nice. Peggy, when you were in the moment of all of it, with all of those people surrounding you, would you say you were really in the moment enjoying it or were you anticipating something else? And I asked this question for a reason for, you know, up and coming models to give them some type of perspective. I was totally in the moment. I, there were times when I did 40 shows wow. in Europe and I literally could not remember the outfit I had on two hours ago. So it was about stepping in, letting your dresses dress you, and channel. For me, it was about channeling all of my, all of my Maria Callas all day, or you know, Tita Rivera. And so it had to be about method acting. Method oh, wow. acting was a big part of my uh, so. Peggy, um, I want to let you know you're breaking up a little bit. Uh, it may be your microphone. Uh, you, you may want to be a little closer to the mic uh, because we're getting like every other word uh, so that you're aware of that. Okay. Is that better, Richard? Uh, yes, that's much better. Thank you. Uh, so as a model, you know, there have been times when I've had to walk ledges on a, a high high rise building and you can't look around because you will fall. You have to focus the gymnastic training, walking the straight down Fifth Avenue with buses coming towards you and the photographer saying, look dead at me, look at the camera, I need you straight on. So it was really about focus. A lot of people think they can do this. They think that it's about a pretty girl. It's not. 
it's about channeling all of your dance experience. Um, there are days when it's hot, you're, you're modeling fur coats in the middle of the summer because you're always seasons ahead. So it's truly about, <laughs> I mean, you're in Miami on the beach and the back of your dress is cut out. The little ladies are coming by going, excuse me, you got a hole in the back of your vest, baby. And you know, it's kind of enjoying everything around you. It's a real holistic moment and being able wow. to put anything and everything aside. I mean, you may have to catch a plane in 30 minutes, but it's all about that moment. It's all about bringing uh, what I like to think something special to the moment. You know, not just another pretty face, not posing, but a bigger than life, something bigger than life, you know? Wow. I'm so glad that you bring that up because a lot of people, you know, don't think about that. I mean, Tess and I obviously are, we're in a business that when people walk out on stage, people think it's this glamorous business. People have no idea, cramped dressing rooms, uh, what you've gone through to get to that moment. A lot of times, uh, especially in New York, uh, you're dealing with traffic issues to get to the theater, the stress of getting there. You've gotten bad news just as you're walking into the theater, all these things. And you have to walk out on that stage and you have to look as if the world is perfect and everything. I mean, here, doing what I do here, I can't begin to tell you how many times just before that counter starts counting. Uh, everything around me is going kaflui, and I can't let it show. Uh, right. And the rest of the world does it. And people have no clue many times as to what we are going through. But you bring up a very interesting point. It comes from your training and it yeah. comes from your discipline. And I know my journey. I know how I got from South Carolina to New York and beyond. Mm -hmm. uh, how did that journey begin for you? I would say it began with my mother uh, at the foot of her bed, watching her make my little dresses and seeing the time that she took even to just pick out the tips of the sashes and show, sew on the rick rack, which I hated, but it was... <laughs> appreciation for the love and time that she put into every outfit. And so for me, that journey started modeling for my mother and learning to make, she too would say, okay, if you want a dress, make the dress. So I remember working with Valentino once, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Valentino. And he said, Oh, I'm sure you've never worn couture because he was having an issue with the fact that I had breasts. And I said, why are you fitting girls if you don't like breasts? And he says, you've never worn couture. I said, I beg to differ. I said, I was raised in couture, okay? I said, my mother made all of our dresses. So I, 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 I wanna go back to one thing you said, which is, I too have been on stage. I started on stage. I was a thespian in high school and went around doing regional theater and dance. So all of that discipline comes into play. There have been times when 
I didn't know how I was going to get to the job on time. I may have to jump on the back of a float on Fifth Avenue and ride down Fifth Avenue. But wow. part, part of the training was never let people, even if you're poor is all poor, you're going to look like you don't have a worry in the world. And that is what we call presenting yourself. How do you present yourself? How do you leave, as my husband would say, at the end of a tough day, he's like, leave it on the doorstep. Don't bring it in here. He said, if the hair, if the bobby pins, whatever. So a lot of times I would be at the doorstep and you would see 50 hairpins outside the door. Never <laughs> take out of my hair. They just kept putting them in. And he was like, I don't care what happened today. I don't want to know. He's, and, wow. and, and that for me became, I think, what made a happy marriage because wow. we both would leave whatever had happened totally outside. That's a love story. You can give it all to your act. You know, you can be in that moment and you can, there are times when it really is about method acting and you don't know what you're gonna do. Hmm. I went down the street and found myself laying in the middle of someone's table, having dinner and it was the shot, you know? But the photographer did not plan it, I didn't plan it. It was just a matter of bringing all your training and, and the light, knowing, as Betty Davis would say, knowing your light. Now, I know many actresses who often say, oh, you know, models don't really work hard. And they don't give us credit for being actors. And so we often say, well, there are models and there are models. And <laughs> you know the difference. And that's why... I think a term that has been overused lately is supermodel. Everybody's a supermodel, but supermodel had to do with, you were also an entrepreneur, businesswoman. I started branding myself at 17. So oftentimes I was thinking about how am I gonna pay my employees? Are my products at the dock? Who's gonna pick them up? But on the job, I couldn't let them know that. I couldn't mm. even let them know the brushes in my hand were really my product. I'd be like, oh, I found these in the local pharmacy. Let's put them in the shot. You know, so it really is. Wow. It's 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 about, I think, recreating, mm. being a bit of a child at heart. So that if, for instance, the camera is here and I'm here, there's that space between us. And there's a lot that goes on in that little space that I can... I, I started to enjoy the box. And when the lights would come on and you're in that moment, it's simply you and the photographer. And I would say like, for instance, I work with Helmut Newton and mm. Helmut would get these amazing pictures, but what people didn't understand, he would only take four frames. Okay, he often took no more than four frames. He would get it all together and just as you thought he had taken a Polaroid, the shoot was over. I'd be like, okay. And, and then there were these photographers who would put it on motor drive and they'd shoot forever because they didn't quite know what they wanted. What does that mean, motor drive, Peggy? What is that? Oh, it's, you know, you move rapid. somewhere within there, they catch it. And they, oh, wow. you know, and they bracket you a little bit, but some people don't know really what they're looking for. Okay. So I'd be appreciate a great director. 
someone, and also great production design and art design. And I would often, I think because I had gone to art school, they would say, you're the only model that comes in and wants to see the layout or wants to see what the art director is looking for. Because I knew that if they were standing behind the camera and they were looking for a certain shot, then I too had to have the, I had to be on the other side of the camera looking back a little mm -hmm. bit. And oftentimes many photographers may have great lighting, but they're not good directors. They don't know how to say to everyone in the room, disappear, it's between me and you. And let's focus on nothing but that. Mm. So that's the magic that I think happens between the director, even as a singer, uh, knowing how to completely give everything and all you have to that composition to channel that. Mm. So I think even with fashion, uh, oftentimes people get into us as people. And I tell them, just because I'm a great fashion model does not necessarily mean I'm a good role model for your daughter. Hmm. So don't get it confused because that puts a lot of weight on us, you know? Not that yeah. I don't be a good person, but I tell them, don't send your child to me and say, oh, be like, or be whatever. Um, we're good fashion models. And sometimes we're good role models too. Wow, amazing. Uh, I, I have a question for you. When um, you are, I mean, I look at you and I see a truly authentic person. And mm -hmm. I want to ask, when did you truly become, or maybe it was always there, uh, aware of your authentic self? Mm -hmm. uh, and you are in a profession where people are constantly trying or maybe they did, or maybe they didn't with you, um, trying to mold you into something other than who you are. Uh, and is that something that you came up against in your profession? And if so, how do you fight that? All the time. I mean, you'd have agents saying, be like, be like Beverly, be like Iman. And I said, but you have, you already have them. Why should I have Iman's be birthday is today, by the way. Yes. Oh. Happy birthday, Iman. All right. If you're watching. Uh, hey, Mon. But as she knows and Beverly knows, I often tell people, I didn't step into their shoes. I came in in my own shoes. I was yeah. girls. Wow. I came after all of that. And I never wanted, I, I, can, I can look at other women and not feel that I have to sexually possess them to love them or look at their photographs and be inspired by them and not have to be like them. I think for me, it, 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 it started with the music. And even though you see our face or you see a, a photograph of us, or in my case, my first Vogue cover was when I was at Pratt Institute in college. But back to your original question, uh, my authentic self, I think it happened in nursery school because I was the last of many sisters and brothers. And often my teachers would say, your sister, your sister did it like this, or your sister did it like that. So I was always trying to find my own footsteps and grow within myself, not be like them, 
even though I admired them, mm. I wanted to know for myself. And my mother, she had this wonderful way of training us. She said, look, don't hate anyone or you'll hate a part of yourself. Wow. She said, Whatever you do, don't join any faction. She said, learn to walk life down the middle of the road. So that's how I would see the runway, like I was walking down the middle of the road. She said, no, I'll step one way or the other, but you walk straight down the middle of the road. And that had a lot to do with being uh, one of eight kids in an all-white, all, one of eight black kids in an all-white school and integrating schools a year before integration. My mother was like, no, we're going to put you in the school we want you to. We're not going to have you bust up to the country to learn agriculture. So Mary Dillard was a force to be reckoned with. And being the last of many children, I was like, why did you have so many children? <laughs> My mom is the oldest of 16. But you know, yes. she, she, she was so empowered and she was an entrepreneur and she said, never, ever, ever speak to me like I'm a victim. She said, I chose to have my children. Even when I was upset with your father, I chose who the father, that he would be the father of my children. God right. bless her. God, God bless this. Right. Oh, yeah, I was so empowered by that. And even you can imagine being one of eight blacks in an all white school where you could walk into the class and even the teachers would be like, oh, I smell somebody walking in. And I'd be like, smell that A on my paper, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I, yeah, I want to ask you, I mean, um, and you bring, and I hope my sister is either watching or will catch this later, because I, believe it or not, was a very outgoing kid in school. And yes. my sister oh, and I, yes, my sister and I are 13 months apart in age. Oh, okay. And we were what they used to refer to as Irish twins. And my sister, unfortunately would get the same teachers that I had. And I was the brown noser. I was the teacher's pet. My teachers loved me. And as soon as they would find out that my sister was uh, my sister, they would like, well, why can't you be like Ricky? I was Ricky in school. Mm -hmm. And it, it, that was so crushing to her. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was like, I want to be my own person instead of, I'm not Ricky. I'm not going to anything like him. And she wasn't, thank God. Um, but it was a difficult thing. And why teachers, and it's not just the fact that we do this with siblings. The fact <laughs> that teachers do that with students across the board. Mm -hmm. And that we as a society do that. That why can't you be like this kid? Or why can't you be like that kid? Instead of celebrating our uniqueness and our individuality. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that uh, my mother was like, I would say an actor herself. And she lived vicariously through her children. So being a 13th child, um, or I'll say her 13th Immaculate Conception, um, <laughs> You know, I see us all as a reflection of all those different facets of this wonderful diamond. And, and it's, uh, she would always say, you know, you don't have to love each other, just understand one another. Mm. And if anything, continue to grow within yourself. 
So even after being successful as a model, I started my first business at 19 and very few people knew that I owned an import company that I was, uh, because, you know, I always knew that modeling should be a stepping stone. It's not something you rest on. Oh, great. I did a Vogue cover and everyone wants to lock you into that space for the rest of your life to the point you know, I said, I never want to be so insecure that I can't walk out the door without makeup on. Or walk out the door without the wind, you know, the hair a certain way. So I, I wanted to be free within myself to grow. And music was something that I think helped me to do that. Because there were days in New York it would be so noisy and going places and it would just be like too many things going on. And I had to say, you know what, Peggy, this is just an orchestra. Let's let every sound, mm. that all of this is your orchestra. Peggy. So that's my way to play through the madness, you know? I have a lot of little games that I play with myself. And even on, on set, you know, when everything is crazy and confusing around you, you have to go back to that little place, your little games that you play with. It's your own personal fantasy. You don't let anybody necessarily know. and As you said, you know, being able to surround yourself with colors and healing thoughts and and bring uh, life, not just a pose, not just a picture, you know, another catalog, but bring the essence of life to what you do. And I think that is what makes us all different. If if that were not the case, then I mean, just, you know, we're, we're all like paper dolls. And for me, you know, like modeling started with my drawing. I was actually working as an illustrator in college for a company called Jack Gronstein and illustrating the girls on the covers of patterns. And one day, you know, looking at the light box and all that, I said, I'm going to go blind doing all of this. But I was studying the poses that I was drawing. And I said, I need to be the girl in the picture. Uh-huh. Well, I need to be. And, and, and so it's being able to listen and have that inner dialogue with yourself at all times and not let other people's voices get in your head. You know, oftentimes I, I don't like ear, I don't like earplugs and listening to music, you know, and so you're walking along and tuning the world out. Now I'm tuning it in. I'm tuning it all in. So if I got to go into the bodega and be like, mira papi. <laughs> discount today you know it's just having fun having fun with all of it peggy i had the privilege of hearing your beautiful voice do you mind telling everybody where you got that beautiful voice and who inspired it please i know the story and i'd love for you to share it (laughs) well it was in my house in harlem at a time when it was not the popular place to be, and I would be at home alone. And this beautiful voice would come sing to me. And I thought I was losing my mind, but it was the voice of my great-grandmother, I later found out. And she kept, she was actually someone that had passed before I was born. And she would come to me and she said, I'm trying to give you my voice. And I'm, I, I had, mousy voice that wouldn't come out 
a lot of times people thought I was shy because, you know, as Southern girls, how we like to talk soft. Brooklyn girls come in and be like, what's your problem? You can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> My voice just wasn't developed. So people would say to me, you can't sing. But somewhere in me, I knew there was a singer. And I was afraid to open my mouth because of criticism. And my sisters rose said, you can't sing. Because I didn't sing like pop singers. I later realized I was a soprano voice. And my grandmother, it turned out, was also a singer. And she kept coming to me saying, I'm trying to give you my voice. I'm trying to get, so my husband came home one day and I said, darling, I think I'm losing my mind. There's a lady in the house and she keeps coming every day. And she was doing like Rachmaninoff vocalese and things like this and singing spirituals to me. And at that time, Harlem was a very lonely place to be. People were like, why are you there? Um, but this began a journey of getting to know my great-grandmother through music. And I don't know if you remember the show, uh, Gordon Elliott, how he would come to your door and be, this is Gordon Elliott, I'm here to interpret your dreams today. And he came to my house one day because on the outside of my house was a singing gargoyle. And there was a little old man sitting there. He said, yeah, she's in there. I sit here every day because she starts singing these songs. <laughs> I love this. So Gordon- this is a great story. Yeah, Gordon had this lady with him. I was like, please go away. I was having the best dream of my life. And she said, yeah. And she told me exactly what I was dreaming. And I was like, okay. So I invited her in and we sat in the backyard because I was like, no makeup. I was jet lagged and I pulled my robe over my head. And she said, I'm so sorry we upset your dream. She said, you were having the best dream of your life. She said, but you're comfortable with the above world and the underworld. And I said, yeah, I, she said, oh, wait a minute, you know about her. And I said, who? She said, the lady in your house that keeps singing. And, I, and, and they had a camera crew who stopped in my kitchen and we're in the backyard talking while they're filming in the kitchen. So she said, she said she's trying to give you her voice. Well, when they left, the phone was ringing, all my old boyfriends from college, you know, employees from a hair salon, Peggy. That was so cool. That was not spontaneous. We know you scripted that. And we were like, no. I was like, why you mean? They said, and the ghost that was floating through the kitchen, that was so cool. So she stayed with me. She kept me company. She gave me songs and she gave me you know, the confidence that even on my worst days, if I was afraid, that I could open my mouth. And I don't want to sing the wrong words, but <laughs> you can't sing. there are no wrong words. Lovely. Oh, thank oh, you for telling that so story. I love that story. 
Peggy, I think you froze. That's her grandmother for you. <laughs> Maybe yeah, she did some... that, You know what? Oh, you just gave me the goosebumps, Rich. <laughs> Uh, Peggy, you, you froze. Maybe you need to exit and come back. Uh, sometimes that helps. Uh, she, can you hear me, Peggy? I don't, that was so, Wasn't oh my God, her voice. Thing? Yeah. Her voice is amazing. Richard, she sang for me one evening and I literally sat in the chair and cried. That's how beautiful it was. And she plays the piano. I mean, this woman is so talented and has so many gifts. It's ridiculous. God bless her a million times. Maybe yeah. you send her a little text that I can't send her one to well, tell you know, her. To my comment. friend Danielle says, uh, for sure, you mentioned spirit and they say hello. Uh, sure. It happens. I mean, it's happened 100%. on this show before. She'll be back. Yeah. Um, at least she froze smiling. You know, while we're waiting for her to come back, I'm going to yeah. pull up one of my random questions for you. Okay. Um, Oh, this is a good question because uh, how, uh, well, you, you and Freddie have been together how long? <coughs> how long do we know each other? I'll do that. 43 years. Okay. 43 years. 43 so this years. question is going back in time. Okay. Okay, go ahead. And the question is, would you rather date someone that you love or date someone that, who loves you? Is that an interesting question? Say that again. Let me would you rather again. date someone you love or someone who loves you? <coughs> Okay, I'm going to be very selfish. Someone who loves me. Oh, there you are. Yes. <coughs> okay, the spirit took over and kicked you out. You see, what I mean? that's what I'm telling you. I don't have control. Over it. <laughs> we know. She let we me know, know, we know. That she is here. She let me know. She let you know. We, we My friend Danielle, spots. who Danielle knows, and Danielle says, you know, when the spirit speaks, but you froze smiling, so you know that. Oh, and you know what was so <laughs> When you wonderful. go back and look at it later, you'll see that you froze smiling. Thank, thank you for singing that, Peggy, because Jesus. I, I say to Richard when you weren't on, I said, when you sang for me that time in your living room, I literally broke out in tears. You remember that. It moved me so. You have so many talents, God bless you, a million times. And your thank voice certainly is certainly one of them. Thank you so much. I mean, you know, there were times when I was studying music, I kind of missed the whole rap phase. And I'm just beginning to go back and really listen to the lyrics that everyone else seemed to know. But I just completely found myself uh, just diving into a world of not only opera, and the stories, but also spirituals. And my grandmother was known for singing spirituals. So this, the first time my mother came to hear me sing, she started crying. And I was like, oh God, did it sound bad? <laughs> she was like looking at me. And it turned out that my grandmother had been put in a sanitarium when my mother was 16. Oh. And my mother never talked about her mother. And that was for a month. She had a nervous breakdown when her husband left her and came to New York to open a uh, Daddy Grace style church with his girlfriend. But what I've learned in that process is how easy it is to put someone away. So even though she was, you know, released after a month or whatever, she remained there because she had hurt her leg really bad. And, uh, so my mother opened up after that first concert 
And she said, I have to tell you, she said, I've always looked at you the way you walk, the way you talk. She said, but also you sound just like her. Oh. I say this because for me too, it was like I was going through this, like what is going on? You know, my arms were growing and everything else was growing. My chest was growing. And uh, we're so much more than just flesh and blood. We, you know, the spirit is so much deeper. And when you think about your ancestors, you know, who could be laying in the ground you're standing on. I tell people, if you really believe in eternal life, if you really believe in the spirit, you'll know that you're far more than just flesh and blood. And that they're, they're, they're here to help us. And they're, uh, they're and that we have reverence to them, you know? Agreed. So many people today find themselves healing their ancestral karma or trauma. It's such a blessing that you got an ancestral gift instead. Thank you for recognizing your grandmother. Yes. Thank you, Danielle. Yes, that is so beautiful. Thank so I've got some questions as some wind down questions as we wind down. And I just asked Tess this question, and this is going back. You and your husband have been together how long, Peggy? Oh, 45 years. We've been married 42 years. Yes. And, so you've been my, together. My husband is still married, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a love story. It is a love story. When I get tired of Lloyd, I turn him into Desi or Niz, and then I'm Lucy. So we have all these. We have so much fun. I mean, it's sometimes even making love, we bust out laughing and we're like, God, we got to be serious. But, you know, it, it's just been, a, I feel so blessed. I really do. If I could clone him, I would, you know, but I let, him, I let his, his girls talk to him on the corner when he's walking the dog. He got a club by a mind. And, and, you know, and we made a pact from the day we got married. I prayed for my husband. I saw him in a dream even before I met him. Wow. When I saw him the first time, it was actually in the studio museum in Harlem. On a Sunday afternoon, I come to the house of prayer to have a soul food dinner after being in Paris, doing shows. I was starving and went to the studio museum before it became the big museum it is now. And there he was. And the first time I saw his face, it was like a beam of light just blinded me. And all I know is this voice just said, um, this is the man that's going to walk with you through life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we never to let our large families come between us, never to let our employees, our job, anything come between us. And when we get in the bed at night, we said no threesomes. But the only person that comes between us is our dog. Awesome. What do you have? What do you have? He is a phantom poodle, but he's not a dog. He's a person. Yeah. He's very much um, a therapy dog, special skill dog that rules our life, tells us what to eat, when to eat, how to sleep, and we have a lot of respect for him. <laughs> yep. That is beautiful. I a I love I love, love boy, alpha male. That's wonderful. Well, the question that I asked, Tess, I'm going to ask you the same question. It's a very interesting question. This is a random question that I pulled. Would you rather date someone you love or date someone who loves you? And this, of course, is going back in time. Mm. 
I hope she is that for me. That yeah. Um, you know, for a long time I was celibate before I met my husband because I felt the need to fall in love with myself and to love myself. And I feel like you can't love anyone else if you can't find it within yourself first. So that I think is the first step of love. And I try to give him, it was funny because one of his nieces said to me just last week, you've spoiled him. And I said, well, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what love is all about, spoiling each other. And if you can't do that, uh, it, I don't see how you can love someone else, you know, if you don't love yourself first. So Amen. you would rather be loved? Oh, definitely. See, but I answered the same way. Uh, because people are often sticking pins in you. They're always yes. way to try to undermine you and pull you down. Yes. You know, they'll see a photograph of you. And the first thing is, oh, I know you. I know you. And I have, they have their whole, you know, they come at you with this armor on almost. Like, I'm ready to battle with you. And they, I'm like, you don't know me. You know a picture. You got an idea of a person in a photo. Girl, you don't know me. You don't know anything about me. Now, which girl do you want? You know? And so I I just think that uh, it's important to take that time because we're often looking for that love that your father didn't give you or someone else didn't give you or that even your husband didn't give you. That you find it that time to take and say, let me spoil myself. And when he can't be there for me, let me be there for him, but let me also be there for myself. You know, let me love myself three times more than I'm, and I know I give a lot. I know I do, but I had to learn to learn my, that, that there was, there had to be a limitation, you know, and that I had to learn to love myself a little bit more. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. Every woman should know that. Now that I'm postmenopausal, you know, we have those wonderful, wonderful flushes and hot flashes sometimes. <laughs> Always, I tell them, please do not interrupt my personal orgasm because this is something I didn't even have to work for. So, you know, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, uh, I just love like, it. <laughs> like, don't interrupt this. This is, this is my own. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh my God, I don't even know where to go with this. <laughs> oh, you gotta laugh at I, I have I have one more I have one more question. May I, Richard? Yo, of course. Go ahead. What is cooking in Peggy's kitchen? This woman is a phenomenal cook. She grows her own vegetables. She is just incredible. What's cooking in the kitchen? I want to know. Well, I would say. As of yesterday, okay. one of my young, uh, what I call my, my babies that God just gave me, came over and gave me a first-class lesson in how to make one of my favorite things in the world, which I think you should always try to learn to make what you love. And that was injera. And we made a completely authentic Ethiopian oh. lunch. And I felt like a queen. This young oh. lady. Uh, Sora G, she's a filmmaker. I met her when she was seven years old. She came into my salon and sat in my chair 
and I was doing her hair for like the next eight years. And then I didn't see her for a long time. She resurfaces as an award-winning film editor, teaching a class at Pratt Institute in fashion. Mm -hmm. And she found out she was part Ethiopian and I love Ethiopian food. So she came over and gave me the whole one-on-one. -on -one. So that's what was cooking today in Jira. Okay, so please. What, what is in that? Injera is made from teff. It's not wheat. It's a seed. It's a, another grain. And in Eastern Africa, it's the flat bread that when you go to an Ethiopian restaurant, they'll serve the food on flat bread, but it's fermented. Mm. It has a, a lot of acidophilus in it. It gives you a lot of energy. And I feel like it saved my life, to be honest with you, for the last two days, uh, well, since yesterday, I've been eating it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And she left me with a big jar of batter. So I had, you know, all of my nieces, nephews, uh, my mother taught us all to cook. So when you ask what's your favorite food truck and things like that, we had the house where we made our own ice cream, our own beer, cornbread, I go to restaurants in New York and I'm like, y'all don't know how to make cornbread. This is Jiffy. You know Duke's mayonnaise, right? Oh my God, yes. Yes. Sure. Well, my one of my great uncles made that recipe for the Duke family. Are you serious? My, my great grandmother was a midwife. She caused strong thermin of all people. So there's just that thing of being in a kitchen. If you need medicine, you go into the yard. You you see what the earth is giving you today. And I grow year round. I grow collards, everything, greens, and I'm a I'm a I'm a year round gardener. And as you know, in South Carolina, especially upstate South Carolina, where we average about seventy four degrees year round, I have the privilege of living in a thermal belt. So even in the winter, people think of food, even upstate New York, everywhere I've ever lived in Harlem, I planted grapevines and I make stuffed grape leaves. So whenever I travel, I try to learn from people the authentic way to make things. And then I give it my own little twist. Oh. You know? Well, Peggy, that is the secret to life right there. Your own little twist. Uh, I mean, we're, I mean, I can't believe that we're at the end of the show because I mean, I, I mean, it, I, I don't want you out of my life. Well, I'm coming to make you some soul sushi. Oh, uh, well, unfortunately I can't eat sushi because I'm allergic to fish. Uh, but sushi, real sushi, it's not always raw and it's not always fish. Right. That's I had the had the honor of working in Japan when I first started modeling for six years. I had the first lingerie contract and they realized that I love sushi. So I, every morning I would get things that I've never even seen in this country. So don't think of it as uh, raw fish. Believe me, it's so much more than that. Well, so I'll leave because I will. I'm open to everything except for uh, fish because I have uh, an allergic reaction to it, uh, unfortunately. But we're going to give away a copy of Tess's book. 
And uh, and then, uh, but don't go anywhere for a moment. So I'm going to uh, do this. I'm going to pull this up on the screen. And thank you all for being here tonight. Ah, Tess, thank you for this. Oh, thank you, Richard. Pam Scrubs is our winner again. Tam, uh, Pam, I will put you in touch with each other. Congratulations, uh, so, Pam. Yes, so I will give. I will send you Pam's address, and you'll just get this to Pam. Uh, so I'm going to remove this right now, but I will put you in touch with each other. Okay. So Peggy, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give my closing remarks, and then I will let Tess give her closing remarks. And then I'm going to uh, give you the final closing remarks tonight. It could be about anything that we talked about tonight that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish that we had, or just anything you want to leave everyone with tonight. Uh, so I want to begin by thanking everyone for being here. Um, it's It's been a very hot week. No matter where you are, it's been hot, hot, hot. Uh, but not as hot as it's been right here tonight. Uh, so you could have been anywhere tonight, but the fact that you chose to be here uh, means the world to me. So thank you all for being here tonight. Um, and some of you know this already, but I am going to repeat it at the risk of sounding like a broken record. Uh, I end all of my shows by telling everyone to pick up the phone and call a friend. Uh, it's not lip service. I truly, truly, truly mean it. Uh, on the 2nd of August, I was scheduled to interview Shaka Dukare, who just made her movie debut in the new film Elvis, playing Big Mama Thornton. And Rosa Puzo uh, lined up this interview and she was ecstatic that, number one, we wanted to interview her because she's not a big name yet, uh, but she was just on the crest of starting this career. We had the interview scheduled, and just this week, uh, her two children came home and found her dead. And just as her career was starting off, none of us are promised tomorrow um, and I know a lot of people think, well, maybe I can make that phone call tomorrow. Maybe I can do this. Uh, there's a great line in The Music Man uh, in which Marion uh, meets Professor Harold Hill at the footbridge. And she says to him, you know, I almost didn't come. And he says, you know, you can spend a lifetime collecting tomorrows to find out you have no yesterdays. So take advantage of those yesterdays and don't think that you have tomorrow to do these things. Now, a couple of months ago, I interviewed Joanna Gleason and she talked about the Sunday night phenomenon. Uh, Sunday nights are interesting uh, things for a lot of people. For some people, it's wrapping up the week. For other people, it's the week ahead. And a lot of people get very funky ideas on Sunday nights. Uh, they're sad. They're down. So she says Sunday night, she ends her shows by telling people to reach out with a phone call on a Sunday night. So here it is, Sunday night. After tonight's show, I want you to go to whatever social media platform you're on. And the first name that pops up, 
I want you to reach out with a phone call, not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. Because as my dear friend, Sean Moniker says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And you never know what someone else is going through right now. It's important to make those phone calls. So I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. So I'm going to leave the screen and Tess, I'm turning it over to you. And then Peggy, Peggy, I'm in love with you. And I don't want you out of my life. So stick okay. around. Okay. Uh, Tess, it's yours. First, I want to say thank you, Richard, for having me as your special host this evening. It was beyond my expectations. And I so wanted to be here with Peggy to celebrate her. So Peggy, here is my message to you. Thank you for bringing your beacon of light to oh. everybody. Everywhere you go, it's there, it's there, it's there. And I'm so grateful to be in your life. Thank you for having me in your life and nurturing me and encouraging me and inspiring me. I just adore you. Good night. Love to tune. If I had a mirror, I would just reflect it right back at you, Tess and Richard. This has been really the highlight of my day, my week. And if I have to leave you with anything, I want to just leave you with this little song that gets me through my day. If I could buy a dream, I'd buy a thousand and give the one I love a dream or two. If wishes grew, I'd wish for you. But then I wonder if when I wonder You'd wonder too if wishes grew high on a vine. I'd wish the one vine and the wind were mine. I'd buy a dream that reveals the love that I feel. Oh, where is that dream so daring? If I were buying dreams and growing wishes, I'd find the one I love where dreams come true. If wishes grew, I'd wish for you. But then I wonder if when I wonder you'd wonder too. Thank you for indulging me. And thank you for the love. <laughs>